Blog Talk Radio. Brothers and sisters, it's Thursday night, 
And you know what that means. That means it's open forum. So we just invite the Most High into this open forum tonight. And I hope and pray that he is lifted up and that his power in the end is seen above all the other challenges. Or we might even want to talk about some good things that are happening around us. But I just hope and pray that tonight my desire is that he would be lifted up and that um, his word uh, as it go forth, if it goes forth tonight, because it's open forum. We don't have to necessarily make it a Bible study. We can talk about whatever's on your heart or spirit. And I just hope that um, if it is instructions we need, that his word would be, just. I just pray, and I want you all to agree with me. And I mean it, not just religious rhetoric. I hope and pray that um, uh, where his word is concerned, that we would have a clear understanding of it if it's relevant tonight with regards to what we'll be talking about, okay? So, again, this is Brother Seth, and I just want to thank you again for tuning in. I just want to get a few things out of the way. As you all know, I like to do at the beginning of the show. I'd like to remind everybody to follow us, follow us, follow us. Um, I I am, I don't know if you all know it or not, but I've been saying it. I'm going to be going on vacation starting this Sunday, and I don't believe I'm going to be doing... um, Recorded shows because I'm going to be traveling in the north, east, um, hopefully Atlanta, Philly, and Washington, and other places, Boston. So um may not have time to do a show, uh, set up a show. So we may have some very powerful, powerful, I always put the best shows that we have uh, as far as reruns. And so we may have to do pre-recorded shows next Sunday, Monday, and Thursday. So I'll have to just see how my schedule goes. But right now, tentatively, I'm just saying it will be or it probably will be a um, pre-recorded show, okay? So let me get that out of the way. So, again, next, this coming Sunday, this coming Monday, this coming Thursday, we'll all be pre-recorded shows because Brother Seth going to be on vacation. And so we'll just look to hear from him and the panel on uh on Sunday. Now, Sunday, y'all know I do my shows with the book, so uh, we'll pick that up on the 4th of September. All right? Um, got that out of the way. I'm glad, and maybe I'll mention that one more time because I know. Uh, act, uh, yes, I'll mention that one more time uh, later on t- tonight. Um, brothers and sisters, I also want to remind everybody to share these shows as they are a blessing to you. Uh, again, if this open forum and, and other programs, like our current event program on Monday, is blesses you, really, really bless you, share it. Brothers and sisters, share it, share it, share it. Please share it. And what that means is you just copy and paste the address of the show you're listening to. Just copy, click on it, and it'll light up. It'll turn on the color, and then right-click and hit copy. And then go to your uh, cell phone and find your friends and and just um, paste that, uh, right-click again in the in the bo- box where you would normally type a message to your friend, right-click and hit paste and, and send that uh, address to your friends and say, check this out, this was a show that blessed me. It's just that simple. Why hoard up all the blessings? I know, the, I know these shows have been a blessing to you. We put too much into it. We're too serious. We have fun. 
We have fun. But we put a lot into these shows, folks, pouring out our hearts, uh, again, telling, sharing what we know for sure. And the Most High is invited, as he is tonight on all these shows, to uh, lead us as a father. He's always in the house. He's always invited. I don't do shows. As the founder of this network, I'll say this. We, tr- we, we don't do shows just to be on the, on the line hanging out talking. I mean, we laugh a lot. People may think that's what we're doing, but I know we're very, very serious about getting truth out to whatever topic comes up, all right? So, and don't forget we have over 500 shows. Uh, you can get any of those shows by simply, especially while we're on vacation, simply Google Five Smooth Stone Blog Talk Radio. And then you will get over 21 pages of shows. And you will be blessed by the listeners, um, I mean, the listeners and the co-hosts over the years. I've had probably over, like, 25 co-hosts over the years. So you'll be blessed by all this talent that I've reached out, and not to mention the, the guests, powerful guests, I might add, over the years we've had on. that just was a show-enough, show-enough blessing. Just a show-enough blessing. So tonight, what's going on tonight? Well, we'll see what co-host uh, joins us, if any. I know that Brother um, Purcell may join us. We'll see. He he is His line is open. He'll just chime in whenever he wants. That's Brother Purcell, for share of Salt Life Ministries. Um, matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and open up his line now. Purcell, I don't know if you can hear me, if you're able to talk, but if you can, you can go ahead and do an intro. Otherwise, I'm going to just keep moving here, and you can just chime in when you can. Um and that's another reason I'm taking a vacation, to be honest. Everybody's so busy, and I just think everybody kind of needs to reset. People are extremely busy. And so when we come back, we're going to try our best to um, be um, re-energized, um, refocused as a network to come at you and be a little bit more consistent. Everybody is so busy now, and so we may make some few changes here and there to accommodate people in their busy schedule if we're able to at all. So uh, we'll see about that. So just expect a few little changes once I come back. We may be changing the Monday night show, for instance, to Tuesday nights. Again, brothers and sisters, we may be changing the Monday night show to Tuesday night because, uh, again, uh, (laughs) uh, just people are just so busy these days, okay? So, folks, uh, also, last, I want to just say, um, many of you have been sending out messages to us uh, and uh, compliments, just, a, just, just, just saying how blessed you've been over the years with uh, the co-host and myself, comments, words went forth, knowledge went forth, insight went forth, straight up. Freedom went forth. You know, the Bible said the truth will make us free, and some of y'all have been made free, and you've sent me emails. I want to encourage you to keep the emails coming, especially now. Uh, I need them, to be honest with you, okay? Brother Seth, it's kind of, again, you, it's one reason. Take a vacation, just feeling so drained sometimes. So just send me any emails, compliments, or 
uh, even uh, constructive criticisms and things you'd like to see more on the network. I'm very, very open, and I don't get my feelings hurt. I have thick skin, brothers and sisters. Again, my email is Seth, S-E-T-H, dot M, dot Turner at Gmail. Again, uh, Seth, S-E-T-H, dot M, as in Mary, dot Turner at Gmail. Folks, I'm very, very serious about um, about this, okay? Uh, we cannot grow unless we know what's going on with y'all, you know, what we're doing wrong. Sometimes people do these blogs and they forget that uh, sometimes, let me just say it like this, sometimes as bloggers we get too caught up in the blogging and we forget uh, how to be relevant to people. Sometimes we get too hung up on a particular thing. It can be too, we can get too spiritual. We can get too carnal. And I love the email, so keep it coming. Seth, S-E-T-H, dot M is in Mary, dot Turner. Priscilla, I hear a little noise on your line. Uh, are you ready to uh, give an intro to everybody? Are you there? Okay. Priscilla, let me just mute his line. Priscilla, if you're listening, press 1 when you're able to come on because I can't have the noise tonight. All right, so brothers and sisters, I want to open up the open forum by simply talking about something that's um, on my heart, and uh, we'll just see what co-hosts join us. Again, we don't have any rules with our co-hosts these days. We just let them come as they will because everybody's so busy. And so whoever comes, comes. If not, Brother Seth to do what he was doing the first 200 shows, and just going by himself. I know Brother Percepa Shea is on the line, but he is in the middle of doing things. People are... They call these shows and host these shows, co-host these shows, rather, even while they're doing um, business. So uh, we'll see if he able to, he's able to chime in. Priscilla, you're going to have to press 1. I can't keep the line up because there's some noise there. So you may want to just mute me until it's time. I'll open up your line here in a second and see if you've done that. Brothers and sisters, tonight, I want to talk about what, what's going on with our young people. Some of our young people just do not have holler for older people or, or, or even the church. And it's, it's concerning me. Um, uh, I am open tonight to hear from some of you as to what you, why you think that is. Um, uh, um, um, just bear with me, y'all. Just one little second here. One second, please. Okay, sorry about that uh, interruption there. Brothers and sisters, we're doing these blogs at home, and sometimes our family members forget we're doing these blogs. But, folks, this is very serious. Um, this concern, this, this topic I'm bringing up, and Purcellian Line is now open. Okay, uh, again, Purcell Porsche, all the way up in Cincinnati, may join us tonight. His line is open. He'll join us as he can. But listen, brothers and sisters, it's very, very serious. What's serious, Brother Seth? I keep talking to young people time after time after time again, and they really, to me, the bulk of them, and I would not bring it up if this wasn't true. I would just pick another topic. But I feel like a lot of our older, our young people don't value the Bible. 
and I know people say, well, a lot of people don't want to read the Bible. No, there's always been like this respect among older people for the Bible. They just said, I'm not ready to, you know, walk in that light, or they always try to, there's, there's a, there has been always a reverence that I've seen with really most people, uh, at least my age, and I'm over 60. Uh, uh, so I don't know what's going on. Uh, I think I do, and I want to talk about it tonight, and I'd love to hear from you. If you're on the phone line, go ahead and press 1, and I'll bring you on. You can share uh, whatever's on your heart or spirit. But brothers and sisters, this right here is serious. A lot of our young people, I think, are caught up in materialism. Um, They actually think and, and treat money as though it's the new standard and not God's word. Not, not. Uh, uh, they almost treat it like money is their god. I mean, it's, there is no other way to put it. It's the standard. It's the way it, it, you know they have arrived once they get that. Don't have to worry about character. Don't have to worry about this. Don't have to worry about that. When they get this money, then they're good. Now, some people may say, "Well, that's what a lot of older people think." I know. But the older people coming up to me was overshadowed by the those that had a respect for God, at least on their mouth they would say that maybe we've never maybe we have never been no different than these young people all along, and they're just more real. I like to hear from you if you uh, want to jump in on this uh go ahead and call us at that nine one four two o five 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 nine o Nine one four two zero five 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 nine zero, and just love to hear your your take on this. Um, also, if any of you are, I've heard that there's people having trouble getting through the line, text uh, 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 text this number and let let someone know you're having trouble getting through, and I promise you we will call you on our uh, studio line for free. Again, text us at eight one seven eight zero eight. Two zero seven three. One more time, text us at eight one seven eight zero eight two zero seven three, and we'll give you a courtesy call. But brothers and sisters, this is so so serious and so so sad. If our young people don't change, we're setting up a generation for failure, like we have never seen as a people. One of the things the world has looked up to, to so-called African Americans, has been our spirituality, has been our ability to. To, to take the higher role with the especially in American among all the racist activities we've encountered since we've been here, uh, one of the things that uh, again the nations of the world have just been awed by is our perseverance our our uh, uh, and I know there's some people just straight up scared and fearful of whites so called whites um, but some people have not been afraid and have still persevered and still kept their belief system and still worshiped the Most High and still walked in love and still uh, was patient. Uh, it's a lot of, lot of, lot of uh, our, uh, brothers and sisters that have triumphed over wealthy, well-to-do racists. And those people, those people, as meaning the uh, races that are well-to-do, seemingly got everything, have paid high, high homage to the African American. I'm not talking about no Uncle Tommy, no stupid stuff. I'm talking about 
show enough character have we had for many, many years, and that's been our claim to fame. That's how we able. That's how we have been able to be respected all over the world. Now, if we're going to turn around and just be people, just just straight up, just worshiping white supremacy or worshiping money or or just changing anything we're doing, folks, we're going to lose the respect of, first of all, the Most High, uh, and then second of all, we're going to lose the respect of a lot of our um, brothers and sisters uh, uh, just on both sides. So tonight, I would like to hear from you on this topic. I would love to hear from you on this topic. So here's what I'm going to do. We're going to get into this, y'all, tonight, because this is something that is on my heart so, so, so often. I'm always thinking about it. It's always just right there on my heart. And uh, because I'm around young people a lot, especially on my job, and uh, I hear the disrespect. I hear the uh, that's old school. That don't work no more. Uh, you, you know, a lot of them have a great attitude. I'm not talking about people being rude, or I'm talking about some very nice young people that basically cannot hear us. Uh, they'll smile. They'll look at you, but nothing you say seems to matter. If I can say it like that, um, I'm talking about again respectful young people. I'm talking about there's something young people don't tell you what I just said and won't be kind about it. Uh, but they can't hear us. They feel like we were a failure. I've heard young people talk about those of us that punch the clock. You know, you know. Hey, um, we live in America. These white people are making all the money. Uh, here y'all are punching the clock. These people has residual income. They have all types of incomes, streams of income, and you know they have really looked down on the older generation for, um, you know work on these jobs versus taking that next step in finance and I try to explain to them that while that is a great, great idea to uh, not trade your time for dollars, I agree with them. I agree that they have a higher financial mind or a wiser financial mind. I give them points there. I let them know that it's a good idea. Money is a tool, and if you have it, you can do a lot of things. I give them points there. But I let them know, brothers and sisters, that while money, as the scriptures say, can get you an answer for all things, it don't necessarily mean that answer is correct. And I let them know that if you don't fear the most high, a higher power, higher power, and you don't follow that spirit inside of you that he has given you, you're going to be very, very lonely, a lonely, rich person. You're just going to simply exchange positions with our so-called white brothers and sisters that are well-to-do, well-off, or, or even wealthy. And you don't have to go down that road when they're telling you every day their lives is like. Some of them are bold enough to say, I'm empty. You know, I'm thinking about Steve Jobs, and he talked about what was the most important thing in his life towards his death. You know, this is the founder of Apple, and this man just 
talked about having true friendship and and nothing he talked about was finances. Nothing nothing he talked about being important to him at this time was about finances. And somebody said, Well, it's because he's getting ready to die. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. There's a lot of rich people over the years have spoken very similar to what Steve Jobs, and I'm going to try to look up that actual statement. He put out a statement, but he spoke often about this. And so a lot of wealthy people have basically said that family and health and and in a clear mind and clear conscience is more important than all their billions or millions. And our young people, for some reason, are missing these kinds of messages, and all they see is the bling-bling. And I blame hip-hop for, for for putting a lot of this out there, and then it can't put it only on hip-hop because before there was a hip-hop, it was already put out there in other genres that may not have a black face. So tonight, right here on the Five Swings on Network, Brother Seth is going to be inviting you to join us as we talk about uh, uh, this and or anything that's on your heart or spirit. We don't have have to stay on this topic. Uh, But uh, I am very, very, very interested in what uh, some of y'all will have to say about this topic because uh, it really is causing me a, I'm not going to say a depression, but it's really painting a, a really dark picture of our future for our young people if, there is not a movement, and there can be with these young people because they're not like us. Stuff happens real fast on social media, and that can become a movement to where I know y'all may not believe this, but I believe it because it's happened before. Things can happen so quick. Movements can come and go so fast, uh, become these, these young people that are just turned on to the most high and just start flooding the airways. <coughs> Sorry about that. Let me get a little drink of my coffee here. Brothers and sisters, this is serious, more serious than I can articulate in this one conversation. And we had better, if we was wise tonight, put out some answers, put out some solid uh, insight for not just young people, but anybody listening that can pass this message on to young people. Five Swim Stone Network is very serious. Uh, we are in um, not just America, but all over the world. Uh, it's blog talk have given us stats showing how we are listened to in over 30 countries. And so people are listening, and this is not some uh, problem just in America. This is a global problem with a lot of our young people as the social media influenced their minds and um, try to lead them. I think it's Satan, to be honest with you, that's behind a lot of this social media um, that's discouraging our young people against the Most High, who is the best thing going. He loves us, and he is the only one that is pro us all the time, even when we are against ourselves. Even when we are our biggest enemy, the Most High has our back. When we're not even thinking doing what's right by us, he has our back, and, and his word has um, is is nothing more than an um, written uh, explanation of this love, of this acceptance of us, and uh, of guidance for us out of danger. You know, I was thinking about Christ today, and how the Bible says that the Father was in Christ, not imputing sin unto man. 
Think about that for a minute. Whole while crisis on the earth, I think it's 33 years. Uh, just think about this. The Father was in him, not imputing sin unto man. Think about that for a minute. The church today imputes sin unto man. Preachers today impute sin unto man. Some of us impute sin unto man. The Bible says that the Father himself, inside of the Son, not imputing sin unto man. I'm thinking of the situation where a woman was literally caught having sex. I mean, literally caught having sex. And they brought the woman, not the man that she was with, but the woman, to Christ. No doubt she still had on whatever clothing she was having sex in, okay? And uh, just at that, in her, in, right in the middle is what I'm trying to prove, she was just caught, brothers and sisters. And if ever there was a time to condemn somebody, that would be the time. And Christ refused to condemn her. Think about that for a minute. Now, and y'all, I'm sipping on a lot of coffee because my throat is a little dry. But I was chewing on that and saying, that's very interesting. That for the life of Christ, and who knows, it probably, you know, there's people argue that it's even before Christ he wasn't putting sin unto man. But I don't know about that. But I know one thing. In the life of Yeshua, uh, we call Jesus the Father when he was up on the earth, when Christ was up on the earth, the Father was not imputing sin to man, wasn't charging sin to man. I mean, we we, we always think the Father's after us for our sins. And he's the one that, <laughs> he's the one, I'm not going to say he made sin. I don't that 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 is not what I'm saying. I'm saying he understands our sin nature. And this is the whole reason I believe Christ came as we know to uh, shed his blood to where the Father would see us through Christ or in Christ. So many scriptures talk about our lives being hid, literally hid in Christ. So the Father was in Christ, brothers and sisters, and we're still talking about our young people. But the Father was in Christ, not imputing sin unto man. So the question is today, is he still doing that? When did he start back? If Christ is going to offer up himself and shed his blood, and take away our sins. When would the Father start back in Peter? So somebody say, what are you saying? We can just sin, sin, sin. No, Christ told the woman, he said, listen, woman, where are your accusers? As these men brought her before Christ, and they tried to get him to speak out and condemn her, like a lot of you think the Father would do, condemn her. She's going to hell, blah, blah, blah. That's how some of y'all feel. But when they came to him and said, okay, get her. He didn't say anything. So the father was sharing me about my sins and your sins and other people's sins. What do you think Christ would do when they say, well, what do you think of Seth? You know, he has 
struggles with certain things, you know? Father, what would you do with Seth? What would you do with you, the caller listening to me right now, those of you listening to archives? You know, the question is, what is the Father going to do to you for the sins you've done? And I can just hear this in my deep in my spirit. Christ not saying anything. Right in the dirt, just like he did in biblical times. And he said, woman, because the men began to leave as because he wouldn't respond. He wouldn't say nothing to them about this woman caught in a sexual act. Christ didn't say a word to him. What is he saying? You think he's trying to tell a woman it's okay to sin? Watch what's about to happen, brothers. Those of you that don't know the story, I would think everybody knows the story. But, folks, watch what happened. Eventually, all the men left that was accusing her. And Christ looked up and said to the woman that was just caught in sexual act, straight up sin. He said, woman, where are your accusers? She said, I have none. In other words, they're all gone. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go your way. Sin no more unless something worse happens. Now, some people think that means go your way and don't sin no more as I'm going to put more on you. I'm going to judge you. I'm going to this. And I don't think that's what he said at all. I think he meant to say what he said. Go your way. Sin no more. And that's what he's telling all of us. Sin no more. Because something else could happen to you. It don't mean it's going to happen to you. You say, lest a worse thing come upon you. Go your way, sin no more, lest, E-L-E-S-T, L-E-S-T, lest something worse come upon you. And I think that's what can happen anytime you sin. Something worse can happen to you. So go your way, sin no more. Got to be our attitude. We're going to go our way, and we're not going to sin because something can happen to us. It don't always happen. Some people may sin another year or two and nothing happens. But worse things can happen if you keep sinning. But people think Christ was saying, go your way and don't you dare sin. Because if you do, I'm going to make sure certain things are God. My father is going to make sure somewhere. He wasn't cursing the lady. He was just saying, go your way and live holy. Try your best to live holy. And that's the word I'm hearing today for myself. Seth, I don't accuse you. But you need to stop sinning because something worse can happen. And that's that's what I felt tonight as I was meditating on this scripture. But, you know, the church world, and I'm not trying to pick on the church because there's a lot of great, great things happening within those four walls. And we know the, the people is the church. But what I mean is there's a lot of great churches. And on this show, I know they take a beat and we talk a lot of things negative about the church. But I want you all to understand something. It is the most powerful institution on the face of this earth, and I promise you the Most High himself is there by his spirit. And while he may not always be able to work through the leadership because they're on different genders, some of them is not on very good agendas, and he, agendas, and he cannot work through them. The Father just can't work through a lot of these leaders. That's all there is to it. 
But nevertheless, there are the saints there, and the saints house his spirit. And you better not underestimate the power of the saints at any church. That's what I, that's what makes me shake in my boots, the saints, the power, the, the, the true Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit is in these people, and he can speak at any time, or he can rise up in these saints and do miracles and rise up in these saints. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. It's all types of people that have testified about going to service and things that happen with just prayers in the parking lot, prayers in that restaurant they went to after church, all types of things the Father have done through his saints uh, at various times, sometime when they get home. So I don't underestimate the saints. It's not always the preacher or the leader I'm looking at. Now, I'm not encouraging people just to stay under bad leadership, but I'm just saying don't underestimate the saints, brothers and sisters. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. But the church do also have this thing where they like to condemn. Unlike Christ, they're not saying, "Where are your accusers?" Neither do I accuse you. The church is doing like the people that brought the woman to Christ, looking for God to judge these homosexuals, judge these people that are. Uh, uh, lying and cheating or stealing or, or uh, these young people that are wayward or these, you know, that's the church. They are bringing us before the Most High and looking for him to judge us in so many words. That's the church I've always been affiliated with. They always have lots of people to condemn you. It's like that's all they do is take you before the Father and condemn you. But Christ said, Lady, where are your accusers? She said, I have none. He said, Neither. Here's the word I got from my meditating tonight on Scripture last night. Neither do I condemn you. Neither do I condemn you. Now, some people may think Brother Seth is saying that the Scriptures is saying it's okay to sin. It's amazing how folks go there. But Christ told the woman, neither do I condemn you. Just because the Father won't condemn us, especially those of us in Christ, it doesn't mean that get, that gives us a license to sin or that's encouraging sin. He just don't want to condemn us. The Father say, I don't want to condemn you. Why do we make it our business to condemn us? I mean condemn ourselves, just us. If the Father don't want to do it, I don't think we should do it. What does that mean by condemn? Put down. Find guilty. Folks, when you condemn, it's got to be the worst case of low self, it encourages the worst case of low self-esteem when you're condemned. Condemnation is nothing to play with. It would suck the very energy out of you when you feel like you're just a guilty person. Guilty make you equal to sin or associated with it. Christ told the woman, neither do I condemn you. And that's my word for tonight. I know we're talking about the young people and the greed and the disrespect of young, older people and the disrespect of 
older people's insight and wisdom. These young people, I know they don't have no holler for us, but I want to also throw this in there about that revelation I got last night. Because somebody may need this on this network listening to me tonight or listening whenever you listen to archives. Brothers and sisters, Christ is still riding in the dirt in our lives. He is not condemning us. The Father is not condemning us. He's saying, go your way, uncondemned, and sin no more. Not condemning you does not give you a license to sin. What if I mess up again? What if I sin again? Do you not think Christ did not know that that woman was sin again? I think he knew that. But he still commanded her, go your way and sin no more. We can't start saying, we have to tell people, sin no more. We got to start thinking like we can live life without sinning. Because so many times we say, and I'm guilty of this, you know, we all going to sin. And we we can't look at it like that. We got to think about it like Christ said. Okay, I'm not going to sin. But if you do sin, just know this, because I believe we are, but we're supposed to talk as Christ talked, encourage people, go your way, don't you be sinning, lest something worse happen to you. Don't mean it, it less mean it, because something could happen to you worse. So, brothers and sisters, tonight, in this open forum, again, we don't have to stay on the topics I'm talking about. We got kind of two topics on the table. One talking about the young people, and and by the seem like y'all listen. I work at a place where I have had conversations at least with. I'm going to say about at least. I work with. I'm going to just throw a number out there. Probably 35 young people I've talked to over the last seven years, just on my job, not in the streets, not in my family. Because that's even worse. The number really sky high if you want to talk to my family. I promise you, these folks ain't got no hollow for spiritual things. They feel it's old school. They feel we're out of touch with reality. They feel that what we can see, taste, touch, and smell is what's happening, not these spooky things we talk about all the time. Folks, it's serious. Our young people is not trying to hear us because we don't have what they call success. And it's very frustrating to try to reach out to people with this mindset because you love them and you want to help them. And they feel like if it ain't got dollar bills in the account that you just, they don't want to have no holler at you. I've had them say it like point blank, like, you know, I ain't listen no broke folk. Folk listen. If that was the case, if if broke folks didn't have no holler, a lot of people wouldn't have made the scriptures. A lot of great stories spoken of in the scriptures would not be there. It just wouldn't have never happened. I'm not saying it's a blessing to be poor. I'm just saying the Father... When you're humble and by poverty, and I'm saying embarrassed and at your lowest end and feel like, you know, 
when you at that state of no power or powerless, because it definitely poverty is by being powerless. A lot of times people don't have money, don't have no say, and don't have confidence to even think about having say. So the Father could use you, I think, use many people at this state because they're at the bottom in their minds anyway. And so they turn to him, and he he don't care if you're wealthy and turn to him, all well off and turn to him. The key is between the, 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 the those that reach the Father is turning to him. You don't have to be broke to turn to the Father with your whole heart. That's a lie from, yeah. from the pit of hell. Uh, uh, go ahead, Priscilla. I can hear you in, uh, on the line. Go ahead. Do you, you have a comment? Yes, yes. I, I think I don't think my one is working. I pressed one about four times, five times. Um, so I don't think my one is. Uh, yeah, you don't have to press one. I was ready. saying earlier, just start talking because people know you're on the line. Again, everybody, this is Percy Porsche from Cincinnati, Ohio. He's a co-host, and he's going to be chiming in when he can. He's got a lot going on right now. But go ahead, Percy. What, what, what say you? Praise the Lord, everybody. Uh, this is, uh, like you said, Purcell Porsche from Cincinnati, Ohio. The, uh, Salt Life Kingdom Ministries. Um, I just wanted to chime in, Seth, on what you were saying uh, at first about the, the story with the adulterous woman and how Jesus handled her. And I think one of the words that we didn't mention is mercy. He was showing how merciful he really is. Um, and I think it's important for us as believers to show and exhibit that same mercy toward one another. Um, and, I, and I believe we don't. We, we, I think we condemn one another way more so than or just like the world would, you know. See, you can't do it. You're trying to tell me to do it, and you can't even do it, you know. So you're trying to tell me how to clean my life up and your life is raggedy. You know, so I think um, in regards to the young people, what you say? I was just saying, yep. So in regards to the young people, I don't think it's so much, and I know they probably said that because that may be the topic, but um, I don't think it's so much of the – whole idea of being broke or not listening to broke people but I think it's more so that they don't see the fruit and I'm talking to myself in many regards the fruit has just not been there even for my own children because my children right now are not serving the Lord you know which is which saddens me to reveal that but they're not serving the Lord. I think they saw so much adversity in their dad's life, you know, and in their dad's marriage, you know, that it kind of, it may have kind of just left a bitter taste in their mouth, you know. Um, so it's a matter of them not seeing the fruit of, the message that we are conveying on a consistent basis. The only thing consistent is the message, 
the messenger is not lining up with the message. So that's causing conflict to them because they're saying, shoot, I'm watching all these rappers or all these uh, famous people on TV ain't thinking about God, and they balling. And you talking about giving my life to Christ, and you struggling. And I see you arguing with mom, you know. I don't see no peace. I don't see no prosperity for real, you know. So it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a mixed message. It's almost like how Christianity and the world kind of see each other. Just like I was saying before, the world is saying, man, look, y'all living, I might as well stay, stay over here. I ain't trying to be over there. Y'all at, at odds against each other. Y'all talking about each other. Y'all sleeping with each other's wives. And, man, shoot, I might as well stay over here in the world. That's, what, that's the stuff we doing. And I don't want no part of that. So surely I'm not about to come over here with y'all and keep doing the same thing. You know? So, excuse me. I think, quite honestly, man, as believers, we just need to clean it up, man. Just clean it up. And the Bible said, let this mind, listen to how this scripture is worded. It always it always, um, I'm always enamored every time I refer to this scripture of how this scripture is worded. Listen to what it says. It says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind being you. Let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you. So that requires us to humble ourselves. It requires us to humble ourselves. In order for that to, to say what it says, let, we have to allow the mind of Christ to have dominion or to have precedence in our life. Or in our in our mind, we have to, in order for us to operate and speak and walk like Christ, we have to allow the mind of Christ to have preeminence over whatever else is going on in our own mind. That's why also that the Bible says in Proverbs to. Lean not to our own understanding. Why? Because we need to let this mind be in us that was also in Christ Jesus. So in order for us to do that, we can't lean to our own understanding. So, I mean, a lot of times when we look at Scripture, the Scripture is common sense. It's impossible for me to let this mind be in, in me that was also in Christ Jesus, if I got my own mind, if I got my own ideas, if I, got my, if I just continue to, to operate own way of th- doing things, that don't make logical sense, let alone spiritual sense or practical sense. That don't make no sense, right? I mean, seriously. Right. 
That's right. So I have to let this mind, I have to, I have to let this mind be in me. That's why we have to pursue, if we're going to pursue anything, we need to pursue righteousness with God. That's why I always reference Matthew 6 and 33, because we oftentimes uh, confuse this Matthew 6 and 33, and we skew the message. All we hear when we talk about Matthew 6 and 33, which is seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. The only way, every way that every other person or believer refer to that scripture or exegete that scripture is by simply saying, put God first. And that is not what that scripture is saying only. It is not what that scripture is saying only. I think the most prevalent piece or clause in that scripture is and his righteousness. Because if we pursue the righteousness of God, then what that simply means is we're pursuing being in right standing with with God. Only way we can actually benefit or see fruit is to be in right standing with God. Now, I'm going to finish with this. And you will see how all this scripture stuff just tie together. Watch this. Watch this. I'm going to read to you real quick um, out of the book of Psalms. Okay, Psalms chapter 1, it don't get no plainer than this. When we pursue the righteousness of God, watch this. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Why are we not walking in the counsel of the ungodly? Because we're pursuing the righteousness of of God. So we can't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Because that will take us. Out of right standing with God It's just common sense y'all Nor stand in the way of sinners What does that mean? Well You can't live a raggedy life Before them Because you're causing them you in the way of them Being able to pursue righteousness And that's I know you ain't heard it that way That's like what Christ saying A worse thing come upon you that's one of those worst things come up on you. If you continue in sin, you won't be able to reach people around you, including your, your kids. Very good, brother. That's right. Go ahead. That's good. That was good. That was a good interjection right there. That was that was perfect. You couldn't have said that no better. Now, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Get your mouth off the people. But his delight, whose delight? Mine, the believer, is in the law of the Lord, in the righteousness of God. And in his law or his righteousness does he meditate day and night. Look at the benefit. Listen to the benefit. Listen to the benefit. Listen to the benefit. And he shall be like a tree planted. By the rivers of water, constantly being nourished, constantly being fed, 
constantly growing. Look at that. That bringeth forth fruit in his season. It's all in his timing, all in his timing. When I'm in right standing with him, he will give me exactly what I need when I need it. Look at that. That bringeth forth fruit. No, bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Yes. Okay. So his his fruit, God's fruit, in his season. Season that he has provided for you. The season that he's mapped out for you. You're going to bring forth his fruit because all things were made by him and for him. Let's not forget. So you ain't doing nothing in and of for yourself. You're going to bring forth his fruit because it's his fruit that bring life to the unbeliever. It's the fruit of your life that bring life to the unbeliever. So you're going to bring forth his fruit season, which is your season. And his leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever, watch this, and whatsoever he doeth shall Prosper. Let me just interject here, Purcell. Listen, it says whatsoever you do shall prosper. So obviously, it ain't just going to be some finances. I'm not hating finances, uh, young people and older people. Right. I'm saying, and Purcell, let me know if I'm breaking up because I switched mics here. I can't hear it, so let me know if I start breaking up. But brothers and sisters, prosperity isn't just finances. So to these young people, right. maybe we ragly financially. Okay, I can go there. But is that the only type of life? And how have we managed to get the respect of the world? Everybody look up. To, everybody know about the civil rights struggle. It don't matter where you go in this planet. Everybody know about African American or American blacks and their triumph against civil uh, rights and a lot of well-to-do rich white people, they darn near worship secretly at our um, triumph. We have embarrassed them on a lot of fronts with our conduct, ability to forgive, ability to, uh, to, 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 to thrive, to, 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 to continue and uh, walking in, in, in um what I'm looking for, just having character. African Americans are known for that, so now we're going to be we're going to trade places with them and just be about money and forget all this other prosperity in various other areas that a lot of us do have. Why we broke? Why we don't have right. the fruit finance? Everybody's not having the kind of marriage per se you was describing earlier that you was struggling with or struggle with in the past. Right. Everybody, right. that's going. right. Everybody's young people is not saying that. Some young people have parents that are happily married. Some young people, uh, I'll take it right here. Uh, some young people are um, watching their parents in good health, and they're seeing them grow old, and they're seeing this, and they're seeing their parents do that. There's a lot of 
young people that do see some success in their homes, but their parents is on a job. So this business of I ain't talking nobody broke is a trick of the enemy because we, our lives are not just about finance. Again, they seem like to me they're trading places with a lot of whites, uh, so-called whites that are in power in our world. And I think they're being tricked. They need to listen to what these same white people are saying who are well-to-do, what they're saying about their lives, those that are honest enough to tell us. The person that was good. Yeah, yeah, that was also good. That was also good because I was also going to want to, or I don't also want to say that um, that is the emphasis. That's where the emphasis lies. That's why that's all they talk about. The emphasis lies on money. Uh, the world believes that money is money is everything. Uh, money is so important that money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible said the love of money. If you make money your God, then yes, the root of all evil. Absolutely. But Solomon said money answereth all things. You don't hear that. You don't hear people talking about that. You very rare that's you very, very rarely hear that scripture reference. In the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon said, Money answereth all things. So now, I got a question, and a hand just went up. I got a question. When it says money answers all things, I think a lot of people interpret it to mean that money has the right answer. Just because money can get you an answer on all things don't necessarily mean it's right. If that was the right. case, everybody with money would know everything about everything because they darn yeah. show is looking for answers. So, while money answers all things, or those with money have an answer for all things because they can go buy people and, you know, I don't know that they have necessarily the word of the most high. I want you to hit that, but let's go to the phone lines. This may be a co-host, or this may yeah. be just be a, and you know the rule whenever a hand goes up to person. But hold that thought. That's good. Stay right there, oh, please. please. Let's go to the phone lines. Erico 682. Four five two. Uh, I don't know if this is a co-host or a caller. Who am I speaking with? Shalom, brother Seth, brother Purcell. Shalom. Brother, you call from, oh, this brother. This Ellie you call from so many different numbers. I can never figure you out. Well, go ahead and say hello to people. <laughs> everybody. Yeah, My brother, like a comedian. <laughs> yeah. No, what happened? It's okay. No, no, no. no, no don't explain. Don't, 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 don't explain. Cause time, of time. Say hello to the people, give us a little quick intro, and then go ahead and comment on, on that, please. Don't worry about that, though. Go ahead, Brother Ellis, you a quick intro. Okay, okay, no, I think you were, I don't know, you hit a button or something, and actually, Blog Talk was just uh, calling me. That's why I was paused. That's why I was delayed. Oh, no, I was just saying good evening to everyone. No, I, I broke my phone recently, so I've been, I just got my phone replaced yesterday. So, uh, no, I, uh, I'm just saying hello. Uh, interesting conversation. I'm listening in. Okay. Well, Percy, finish your point, please. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's, that's where 
the emphasis lies. That's why that's all we're talking about is money, for, especially for the young people, because that's all, that's, that's, that's what they're so enamored by, especially watching these, these videos, these rappers, and many of them don't realize that there's a good bit of these guys who actually uh, have the, the look on TV with the camera in front of them and all of that, but they don't realize that these guys have rented a lot of what they're uh, putting off as uh, I'm balling. These big old houses, they'll pay a realtor to shoot the video in the house. Staged and everything, you know. They'll, they'll, they'll rent these cars, these Lambos. They, you know, they got Exotic car rental places now. You can rent a Porsche Panamera. You can rent a Lamborghini. You can rent a Ferrari. You know, shoot the video. Ride around with it for the rest of the day, you know, flossing. And then take it back in the morning like you and me do. (laughs) But they don't know that. All they see see is the video. So they're enamored by this quote-unquote uh, financial prosperity picture, you know, but um, my thing is my allegiance is to the believer, you know, and I just I just believe that we have so much to offer, but we're squandering our every opportunity because of the confusion in the body of Christ and the confusion. Concerning God's word it's got, God's word ain't confusing We just confusing it By leaning to our own understanding And, and going Our own way You know um, That's why we have A different church On every corner in the city Because somebody Got an idea Ooh, I got an idea That's how it goes what, what we was doing That ain't right So I'm going to do it this way then somebody else in that same congregation to say, you know what? I got a revelation. So I'm here I go. I'm going to start a church over here in the hotel. Then here I go. There's another one out of that congregation. And here we go. We got all these churches popping up in these storefronts, on these corners. We just got churches everywhere, and ain't nobody together. Everybody got a different message. But it's one if, – if we – if we for real, for real, read our Bible and be honest with ourselves, it ain't but one. It ain't but one way. <laughs> ain't but one way. Let me interject here, if I could, Purcell. Um, again, again, folks, you're tuned to the Fosmos on Network. Thank you. We're talking about a couple of things on the table here. It's open form. We do not have to stay on anything. Any one of you can press one of the phone lines and change the conversation. Just ask the question, make the comment, and we will honor that, okay? Again, if you're on the phone lines, press one. We'll bring you on. If you're listening online, call that number in front of you. It should be in front of you, uh, 914-205-5590. If you're being charged or or have any kind of trouble because blog talk have uh, 1% of our callers seem like for some reason they try to charge them or something, which is horrible. 
but some of y'all don't have plans to cover that number, but 914-205-5590. We will call you if you just text me and say, hey, Brother Seth, I'm not able to uh, uh, call in. I can get you in, okay, uh, for free. We'll just do a, a courtesy call uh, with the um, – okay? So just text me at 817-808-2073, and I will get you in for free. But otherwise, uh, per se, that was very good. Again, brothers and sisters, we're talking about two things on the table. One of them is young people's disrespect for the church, disrespect for their elders. Don't want to have no holler. They say they broke. If I get a dollar for every young person out here to say that, they really have tuned us out. Um, you can. Um, that's. That's not brother, even true. That's a that's yeah, a false yeah, narrative. Yeah, but, hold on, brother. Put some in please. Thank you. A small coffee. Thank you. Um, but y'all forgive me. Talk to my wife there. But two things on the table. Young people saying, "Y'all folks, you broke. I ain't got no holler for you." And like you know, Purcell was saying, some of them are looking at our lives, and, and they think that the people on TV have better lives. They don't know that even the problems they see in their homes, a lot of celebrities have the it's worse. It's worse a lot and a lot of, especially a lot of these white people. A lot of their homes is worse. You know, a lot of things a lot of even a lot of black folks don't experience they have in a lot of these white homes. Okay, don't get me started. My point is grass is always green on the other side and these young people that have a holler now Purcell was right a lot of them do see bad marriages us yelling we're not happy they see that and that's true we got to change that but still I don't know that we will you know outside of us being broke a lot of us are broke or don't work on these jobs and they have a point there but just because they have a point there like Purcell was saying earlier there's other other forms of prosperity that's one thing on the table. Other thing on the table, and I'll tell you about the Purcell and LSU if you want to hop in. Christ uh, tells the woman, I don't condemn you. I don't condemn you. She's called an act of sex. I don't condemn you. Now, if after that he gets up and he sheds his blood and we're placed in Christ, when did we start, when did Christ start saying, okay, now I condemn you? Oh, yeah, now I condemn you now. When did it happen? If the Father was in Christ not condemning the world, when did he start? So just because Christ said, I don't condemn you, the Father said, I don't condemn you, people think that means we're saying it's okay to sin. Nobody ain't saying that. He told the woman, go thy way and sin no more. Less, less, L-E-S-T, less a worse thing come on you, which means something could happen worse to you now, lady. Go to, and we're yeah. supposed to be saying to each other, hey, Purcell, go your way, man. Don't be sinning. Let something worse happen to you. You never know. Something, you can yeah. somewhere, you may go a few, a year or two and nothing happened then some. So don't do that. That's the message we're supposed to have. But condemnation, condemnation, that's a whole nother conversation. And the Father is not in the business of it. I'm sorry. I don't see it in the Scriptures. Not in the new, under the New Covenant. Go ahead, uh, uh, Purcell, and finish it, and I'll, and I'll see if Alex you want to hop in there as well. Go ahead. Okay, I want to hop on that condemnation thing, you know, and how you were talking about the Father don't condemn us, or when does he 
when does he decide to start condemning you? And I don't think he ever does or ever will. But I think what happens is we condemn ourselves. Because I think what the father does is he always eludes back to choice. He'll put the choice on us, which is why he told us, um, I set before you life and death. What he was basically saying to her was, I'm setting before you life and death. Go and sin no more. Choose life. (laughs) He always gives us the opportunity, and it's an open book test. Choose life. (laughs) He's saying it's life and death here now. Now it's your decision, but I would suggest that you choose life. That would be my suggestion to you, right? So um, it's just our responsibility as a believer to be compelling enough for the unbeliever to choose life because the life that we live should save. You want this, bro. This this the this the way you want to go. This the way you want to go. Hold on one second. Give me just a what second. Say? Go ahead, go ahead, Seth. Go ahead. I have a customer, so I need to take care of this right quick. Hey, Brother Seth. Go ahead, Elishua. Oh, okay. I think I don't know if I might have been muted or not. But, um, no, I'm going to say that um, I think what you all have said and the points you've made are very relevant. And I think that, um, oh, how can I put it? Um, it's amazing that we live in a culture that is oriented in greed. Um, most people's motivation for coming to the new frontier, including the founders and the settlers, was always for a better life. Um, you know, um, and it's amazing how that our people, speaking specifically of black people, that we went through slavery, uh, we went through Jim Crow, we went through segregation, and though we didn't always have a whole lot, we didn't have everything, especially after, from Jim Crow there on after up until about 1970, 75. Though we didn't have everything, we had very strong, close-knit families. We had values, forms of traditions and things that we were taught from one generation to the next generation and it sustained us. But now we're in the day of enlightenment. Um, many of us have more than what we need, but yet, we're so disconnected, and our communities are literally character, characterized by just the breaking of the commandments, you know. And what has happened is that our communities have become characterized by lawlessness, um, uh, selfishness. Uh, it's me, myself, and I. Everybody's on the grind because we have lost track of what is important. We lost track of what was valuable. And ironically, the answer to this 
of the world, you know, seeking to be able to be successful, to pursue the American dream, what the church gave them was the very thing that took her off course. And that was the gospel of prosperity, prosperity doctrine. So as a result, we became no longer preoccupied with the salvation of souls and living our life as a witness to those who are lost and that somehow by the love that we extend to them, that they may lend their ear to the gospel and receive Yahweh Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We became more consumed with the pursuit of things. And again, I say the thing that got us off course was the thing that we thought would be the answer, and ironically, it wasn't. And as again was the prosperity gospel. <clears throat> uh, there was a scripture I wanted to read here, Revelation 3 and 14, and this is the angel speaking to John about the revelation of Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. And he says this, Unto angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of Elohim. I know thy works, and that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. So, the, so then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I cancel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be, mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thy eyes with eyeslap that they might may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. And that end lies yet the answer to what we're experiencing as a community not just in the African-American community, but in the community at large. America is the wealthiest nation on the planet of the earth in terms of its might, its power, its wealth, and its materials. But we are some of the most lost, disconnected people on the planet because we've lost our first love. We walked away from he who made it all possible. And now we've just been consumed with things. And this Brother Seth was stating that literally people are providing their children more than what their predecessors provided them. But the thing that their predecessor gave them is the thing is which we are not providing to our children. Because we're keeping up with the Joneses. Lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride, that's what it's all about. The pride of life. That's literally what it's all about in this culture, regardless of whether you're rich well, or let me, poor. Let me, let me, it's all about the pride of life. Well, let me say this, LSU, and we can talk about that too. That is the prosperity message and, and where a lot of uh, church folks at because um, it's open for them. So this, you're, you're totally in line. I, I was talking about young people complaining, though, that we're on these jobs. We're not prosperous. And we're talking about, of course, the woman being told, go that way, sin no more. So you bring up a very interesting point where you're talking about those of us that is 
on this prosperity thing. But at the same time, a lot of young people are saying, um, I ain't got no holler for y'all because y'all broke. So in a sense, maybe that's where they're hearing this from because you got the prosperity message saying, we broke. And you got young people saying, we broke. So this can't tie in. This is going to be interesting to see how we handle this, the Purcell and myself, because it's serious. It's very, very serious. A lot of young people don't want to hear no no holler for the Bible because it's it's outdated, they say. We're too spiritual. Like John was saying, somebody was saying on the show, maybe not been John, but saying that a lot of our young people say we see the devil in everything. Everything is the devil. So they laugh at us. Okay, now a lot of older people is kind of backing, backing, backing away from these young people because they don't know what to say because they saying residual income is the way to go, not you know passive income. And and of course it makes sense. You not you can't argue with that. I was telling jo- Josiah my son he was talking, talking about this some okay. years back, and he really, really, really was letting. Me have it. He wasn't rude enough, but he was just saying, I don't identify with no hourly job. Now, I understood what he was trying to say, but it sounded a little disrespectful to those that work on these hourly jobs. And this is where a lot of our young people at. They're seeing all this wealth, by the, especially hip-hop is mainly to blame. And it's not, it's not a bad thing. I mean, wealth is a good thing if it's used as a tool. But these young people are not using it as no tool. You see what it's doing with these minds I'm talking about right now. So we're in a weird state where the churches, preachers are saying we ain't got enough money, we broke. And we are. Let's get this straight. Poverty is of the devil. It is just as demonic to be poor. I'm talking about poor. I'm not gonna say it's demonic, but it's it's a, it, it's 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 like a curse. Bible says there was a rich, a poor man that saved the city, but nobody remembered him. Nobody remembered. Then Purcell is the one that introduced the story to me. I think years ago, if it wasn't Purcell, it was LSU one of y'all. But y'all were saying how a city was saved. And I looked it up and I read the story. It's true. It was a rich, a poor man that saved the city, but nobody remembered him because he was poor. So I want to hear what y'all have to say. Uh, 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 Purcell, you ain't said much. Well, hold on. LSU, finish what you were saying quickly because Purcell was in the middle of making a point when you when I asked you to jump in there. Well, what I was saying is that the issue, the, the impetus and the stimulus that is causing our young people to want things, causing our people, young people to want quick riches, it is coming from within all of the society. It is just not coming from the church. The church has only reinforced what the world began, especially in this nation, around about 1975. And Good as a point. result, our values changed. See, that's what's changed. That's why I come literally, my, my grandmother and grandfather raised me. I was born and raised in a, in a three-bedroom, two-bathroom house. My grandfather worked, he worked 40 hours, 40, 50, 60 hours a week. On the weekend, he had a, he had a, a landscaping business in which he hauled me out of bed every Saturday morning, and we went and cut yards and, and, and did uh, uh, landscaping and what have you. 
So that value was instilled in me as a child. What we do now, when our children ask for things, we just simply give it to them. We don't make them work for it. Because the people who are really at responsible for this particular generation and being a generation of a people who actually lack wholesome values, it comes from the parents. And what is ironic is that what the parents, what their intentions was, is that they were trying to give them a better lifestyle, a better quality of life. And that's understandable. But yet, we forgot the most basic aspects of what holds us together as a people, what keeps us together as a community. And then we and the more and then after integration, the more we begin to insert ourselves within the popular community, we start taking on their values. And remember, when we take on their values, we're taking on the values of the people who literally enslaved us. And what was their motivation behind that? Greed. And they were the ones who were lazy, not us. We built America. We built this infrastructure. But all while we were building that, we still had a cohesiveness because we shared common values that came out of struggle, that you love your brother, you love one another, you support each other, you keep God first, because if it had not been for God, we wouldn't have even got to this point. We don't have those values no more. That's not a common assertion and understanding in the African-American home. Neither is it in any home in America. So the very thing that we try to imp- that we try to bring up on people and remind people of, which is the answer, is what Purcell said. But you can't insert the word. It says, "Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the godly, that leans not into an understanding, but in all his way even delights himself in the Lord." It says what? It says he delights himself in the law, and the law. What held this nation together was that we were a people that were held together by laws that did orient from the scriptures. Now those laws over the last 30 years are being overturned one by one, and they're creating perverted laws in place of them. So it's not just us people. It's just that because we came here as a slave people and inherited and basically formed and built upon a slave culture that was sustained us, yeah, whatever hits this nation that's going to rock it, it's the same thing that's going to rock us too, but it's going to hit us more severe. And when you talk about the poor, you know who are the most, the people, I always hear these faith preachers and this whole, you know, prosperity doctrine talk about if you did this, you didn't have faith, if you did that, and have faith. Well, let me give you a Bible. The wealthiest people on the planet, and this is why come, I no longer believe poverty is a curse. It's a, it's a curse from the perspective of human eyes. But the most wealthiest people on the planet in faith are the poor. The Bible says that God has chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith. You know why they're so rich in faith? Because they are his all in all. They must depend on him every step of the way. And the more you, you depend on the Father, the more you communicate with the Father, the more you relate to the Father, the closer you get to the Father. I know Okay. This. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold that thought and let Purcell get in, and then you finish your point, Elisha. Just want to go back and forth, man, because he was making a point. You you said a lot, especially what you just said. That right there, I definitely want to talk about poverty, the way you, you, what you just said. But you said a lot up to then. I don't want him to forget his point. I know I don't forgot two of them. 
Purcell, common thing you've heard, you know, she want to talk about this point of this she's making with poverty. Very interesting uh, observation here. Or if you're able, if not, I'll let Ella she'll go on. Okay, Ella she'll go I on. Think let me let me let me make the comment on something you just said. Again, we're going back and forth, man. Just 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 back and forth. Uh, I think what you just said was interesting. You said poverty is not a curse. Now. And then, right, right as I was getting ready to say, I don't know about that. I thought about how Christ literally sent his disciples out with not much. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, he said a word, a workman is worthy of his hire. He said, it, you, basically, he sent them out with very little, and so somebody would say that was poverty right there. But he said, as you work and preach, people will take care of you, basically. If you worthy is work, you're gonna get what you pretty much. If you bless people, they're gonna bless you. You don't, you're probably gonna starve to death. So, but I guess that's I guess I can't use that because that's that's evangelism. But in everyday life, coming up in poverty, I can tell you right now what I experienced was a curse. Did it humble people to serve God? I'm gonna say this. Yes, it did more so than I think rich people are. But to say that the people in Butler Housing Projects in Fort Worth, Texas, were all seeking God because they was pouring on welfare, I can't say that. They act up sometimes worse than people did. They had money. So I do think to not have enough for your children and they have to get a secondhand education, maybe they can't even go to school at all, there is a cursing in that, but I know what you're saying about when you're humble, when you're that low, you don't have pride. Pride is not going to be – and, again, there's some people that is exceptions to that rule, but I would say mostly you're going to be humble, and the Father can use you when you come to him humble. But there's rich people. I'm not going to say rich. There's well-to-do people that can be humble as well. Everybody – that's got some, it's not necessarily impossible for them to get saved. Christ did say it's hard for a rich man. He didn't say it was impossible. Go ahead, Ella. She'll comment on that. Ella, Purcell, just jump in when you can. I'm trying to be fair here, but I don't know when you're available. So just jump in when you can, Ella Shul. Oh, okay. Oh. <clears throat> what I was saying is that I, 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 I can say that in my lifetime, I've been able to live – I know while I was growing up, I don't recall ever wanting for anything in the terms of what the Bible says, food and raiment. I don't recall ever having to wear out, wear worn out shoes or anything like that. But as the scripture that you made a reference to and Paul uses an example, is that a labor is worthy of his hire. And I know my grandfather got up before dawn every morning and hit the foot and hit and hit the floor on his way headed to work. My grandmother literally got up, cooked him breakfast, and about 45 minutes after he was gone and I was out the door to school, she went to work. When I got home from school, they were both there. They had gotten off work. They were both there. So I would say that that, that in a sense, that built a cohesiveness because I understood two things. I understood that family was very important, and I understood that in order to sustain a family, you have to work. And so those two important things, what this generation, they don't get that. 
in terms of poor, you know, Christ said it himself. He says, the poor, you're going to always have with you. That's not going to ever disappear. And I want to say that, that and again, um, it's like when you take rap music, um, which is a very influential, very, very influential within this generation. It's probably one of the most influential institutions within the whole scheme of America when it comes to impacting this generation and even the previous generation. And when you look at the fact that these people, what rap music is, it took the worst of our culture. That's right. It took the very thing that you're speaking of that when those who are in, in poverty, they often live almost self-destructive life because sometimes they don't see their life as very valuable. And, you, and it took, the, it took the, 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 the most poor and oppressed people among us and it took their voice. We're talking about drug dealers. Every major rapper, that's how they get their stripes and their songs, by talking about their history or their past or their present and dealing drugs. It took pimps. Now, all these female rappers, they literally are the pimps now. And that's all they promote is whole, whole culture. So it took that and it put it on center stage. And it even caused most people in America to perceive that that is the image of all black people. When obviously, evidently, conspicuously clear, we know that's not the truth. And then when the next generation that came up seeing that, they begin to think this is the thing that you aspire to. Because we do live in the wealthiest nation of the earth. I'm on the earth. Yeah. Come on, we look, we, got Floyd May, we look at Floyd Mayweather who, who, who brags about you know, going to Gucci and buying out the whole store, even though he did this literally the same week in which Gucci made it apparent that it didn't make its products or have any concern or conviction for the black community. So what we are literally living and what we do on this show is what we dissect. There's a lot of things that we're dissecting when we talk about the issues and problems. We're living out. The word of the prophecy that brought us to this land of captivity. Because if you go to Deuteronomy 28, the law, and you begin to read all the things that would take place and what would happen to Israel in the last day when they turned away from God, and how did they turn away from God? By turning away from his law. And he said, all these things will befall you. That's right. All these things. I, I can go through right now. You know, Seth, and just list all the lists. And when I get through listing the list, you're going to say, oh, my God, that's a biography of black America. So yeah. I would just say, again, we need to seek the face of the Most High. And, we, and, and the thing with the young people, I think what to draw young people back to the church I have no if and gets and buts about this. I'm absolutely certain of this. Is when the church begins to flow in righteousness, holiness, and the power of God. Not some manufactured power by some very creative and very talented musicians and singers. I'm talking about when they begin to flow back in the power of God. So like the apostles where people got healed just passing by them in their shadows. When we begin to walk in that and walk humbly before God, they'll come back. They'll come back because all this world's going to give them is a bunch of heartache and a bunch of pain. And when they hit that ground, when they cry out to God, 
We just need to be there ready. So the first people that need to humble themselves is us. Amen. That's true. Very true. And I would I would just say, but LSU, that was very good. Very good. I'll just thank you for sharing that. And uh, brothers, what I want to take what I want to do is take a little short break and um Y'all know how I like to do it. It's just tradition. Brother Seth got these computers. I have a lot going on with these computers, and I like to – it's just a little something I like to do. But listen, when we come in from the break, we're going to talk about some solutions for these young people and some delusion older people that feel like money is is going to define us, that, um, again, you may be just, again, like our young people, feeling like I don't have no holler for these older people. I'll tell you one thing. I see some older people. Even in a man that's got royalty, I see some couples that I hold highly up. Maybe I'll call some names out, but I see some couples that me and my wife, I tell her, I aspire to be like them. They are wealthy, and they don't have, they probably, a lot of them are not on jobs because they're older now, but there's some people that I just think the world of. I really do. I'm impressed. So let's see what what Brother Seth is impressed about when he comes back from this break, okay? So we'll be back. back. We'll be back, brothers and sisters. Again, he turned to the Fossils on Network. I'm Brother Seth, and we have on the table talking about prosperity in the church. But we mainly talking about young people and the disrespect that just they don't have no holler for the church, older people, because they say we broke. And uh, Purcell kind of added to that. A lot of them say we're not happy and so they, why should I be like y'all? Why should I be interested in church? Y'all unhappy, you're fighting, you don't have good marriages. I see mom and dad not getting together. Y'all seem, you don't, you just don't seem happy. So what's in it for me? And then also, Christ and the woman. Is the father really saying uh, there is no condemnation? That's how Romans 8 starts it off. No condemnation? Is that biblical? Or are we making up some here? Now he commands us not to sin. <laughs> So anyway, brothers and sisters, we'll be back. Just take a little short break. Again, we'll be back. You've tuned into the Five Swiss Zone Network. Again, I'm Brother Seth. We're swinging tonight in this open forum. Hopefully y'all getting some gleaning, some answers, insight uh, with these topics.
love that, love that, love that, love that. Holy Back in the day, you know, we did the words. I don't know if y'all heard them or not. We did the thought it's gonna make a way. Y'all better not sleep on Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> so anyway, LSU, your line is open. What do you think of that uh, that uh, older classic there, uh, LSU? I know you all have something to say about that. Oh, okay. I had to unmute myself. Oh, I love I love that song. That I, I, uh, again, I, I I love that song. That song right there, and a few others uh, by Earth, Wind, and Fire were great songs before they started getting into the dark arts as well. I used to go to their concerts, and I was amazed, only to realize as I got older and started doing some studying things and went to school and had to take some history classes that my brothers were greatly talented. But they were into um, what they call the cometism, um, and that's why when you go to their concerts, they would have these pyramids stacked, and you know they would disappear out of pyramids and stuff, and you know. And then I started listening to some of their music after that. That after they made that transition, and I was like, "Ooh, okay, okay, all right." I see. It was kind of like, Seth. I'm sure you've heard the song "Hotel California" by the Eagles. Right. Right. Yeah, well, a lot of people don't know, but it, the author has admitted, the authors have admitted themselves that that was a song about the Illuminati. And so it says, you can check out, but you can never leave. Yeah, that song was the end. So there's always been cues, and the enemy has always kind of had his fingers dabbling, trying to pervert these great artists and the music and the message that comes from them. And out of a desire to want to be famous and be wealthy, Many of them have given in to that temptation. But, you know, I was today, I had basically made up my mind that I was totally through. I'm celibate, uh, abstaining from all rap music. And I came across this guy named Bizzle, who was one of the first guys who exposed that how Jay-Z was into uh, Satanism and hip-hop, I mean Satanism and Luciferianism and how that he had basically uh, discipled his wife into the same thing. And so I was just listening to it, and then I listened to his recent album, and I was just, oh, my God, I was blown away because literally it was nothing but the word over some of the, if I could say this word, it was nothing but the word over some of the most funkiest beats I'd ever heard. And I was like, well, thank you, Father, that literally there's a light in the midst of the darkness, you know. So... <clears throat> But no, that that song right there, that it, and that song, what is it? Ain't it funny that the way you feel shows on your face? No matter how you try to hide, start, it states the case. I mean, those songs, like you said, the words. Oh my God, I love the melody, I love the music. But when I listened to Earth, Wind, and Fire back in the day, that was that music that made me think. And some of the the messages are just absolutely profound. Yeah, that 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 song, what you just named, is my one of my favorite. And what he's saying is, is called, again, it's open forum, folks. We don't have to stay on a certain topic. Uh, but it says, uh, on your face, 
and I tell my kids, we actually had a song that says, ain't it funny that the way you feel shows on your face, and no matter how you try to hide, it states your case. Talking about this look on your face. Ain't it funny that the way you feel shows on your face, and no matter how you try to hide, it states your case. Now frown or bring your spirit down to the ground. And never let you see the good things all around. All around. <laughs> and he goes on to say, yep. that can't shake me. That can't shake me. It said, sadness have no remedy for the problems that we face. Earth, wind, and fire. Maybe I'll try to find that and play that. But Ella Shore, again, we're back. Um, I just want your take on it. I know you, uh, that person, probably a little too young for that one. But um, <laughs> one of your why don't you take on that? But listen, let me just share something really quickly again for those young people. I promise you, uh, Ella Shure, man, on my job and in my life, in my personal life, I'm running into a, a lot of young people that really have turned a deaf ear to a lot of what older people are saying. Now, I know there's this thing that's very natural and normal for young people to make their own way, make, you know, their own, uh, carve out their own life. I understand that natural thing. I also understand this uh, thing that young people go to where they want to question authority, question authority, and I understand that. And then they get in their 30s, they get more settled. I understand that process, that development. But what I'm saying, what I'm hearing sounds more concrete than that, not like they're researching or searching. This sounds like something permanent and solid where they're just writing us off as being too passive, uh, too religious, uh, too broke. And there is some truth in all of this. We have bought a poverty mentality, but... There is a lot of prosperity yet in what your grandparents did, what my grandparents did, what their grandparents did. Yes, even in poverty. And your grandparents, I don't I don't consider them poor at all. Y'all in a very nice neighborhood in Fort Worth. A lot of people tried to get to Highland Hill. That was about as high as you could go before we start moving out into the suburbs. Go ahead. They don't, they don't, today, and I'm talking about Echo, I'm in the locker room. If you got here, Echo, I'm in the locker room, please forgive me. But uh, I am finishing up here at work. Um, But what I was saying was the young people today don't value those things that um, are – our ancestors uh, went through or even um, uh, went through themselves or either uh, did uh, pave the way for us. You know, like the whole, the voting and all this other stuff. But the value for the family and most of all for themselves they don't even value themselves now to the, to the degree of um, respecting themselves. They don't respect themselves, you know. Um, like you said, they bust authority. I, I'm all for, 
ambition and um, trying to get it for myself. I'm all for that. I'm, I'm, Seth, you know I'm all about that. But Yes. Uh, and LSU, you know that too. But by the same token, there are people who have gone before us that paved the way uh, that really kind of made it a little um, less cumbersome for us. But because I ain't trying to hear what you're talking about, oh, man, oh, man, you don't know what you're talking about, old school, old school. They call me old school. And then uh, a new thing that I noticed that they're doing now, the young people, is they call uh, the old school brothers, they're calling unk. All right, unk, I see you, unk. You know, uh, short for uncle. You know, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a, uh, I think a thing of respect, you know, so I'm cool with it. Right, right. But we're talking about how uh, one of the other things that, that um, bothers me, if you will, or I recognize, uh, especially from being in the classroom, you know, and teaching for the year that I was teaching, um, there's no accountability. There's no accountability for them. You know, even even from their own parents. You know, because if you bring to the parents' attention what the child is doing, that's error. You know, somehow they you you find yourself getting into it with the parents. Child, their child is wrong. It's like. <laughs> What in the world is is really going on? Did did you hear what I just said? I t- I had one parent. I'll give you an example. I had one parent's child in my classroom, um, and all year long we had we had no issues. You know, this little guy, was a good little guy, you know. And uh, one day, this little dude got beside himself and decided that he was going to go back and forth with me. I mean, being real disrespectful, right? So I said, bro, I'm a grown man, you know, first of all. I'm not about to go back and forth with a 10-year-old. So I don't know what you thought this was. So we kind of ended that with like that. But then I said, okay, I'm going to have a conversation with your dad when he comes to pick you up. Okay, so long story short, dad comes to pick him up. You know, I pulled Dad's coattail, and I said, hey, Dad, look, um, I don't know what it was today. I said, but your boy was so disrespectful to me, man. I mean, we, we, we was this, we was that. We had this going on. We had that going on. Man, do you know that dude started talking to his child about how the other children in school uh, envied him because of the nice things that he had and how these kids would probably possibly be trying to take his stuff and all this. And I'm standing there listening to him, right? This is right <laughs> on the heels of me telling him how disrespectful his child was to me. I ain't making this up, y'all, I promise. And I'm just standing there listening to him. So then he finishes talking to him, and I said, so – yeah, so uh, so what I was saying was, man, this dude was so disrespectful to me 
I said, I, I ain't never had this trouble out of Stephen like this, man. But Stephen was, was so disrespectful, man. He was saying this, that, and the other. And uh, we was just going back and forth. And I told him, you know, that I'm 53 years old. I'm not about to go back and forth with a nine, with 10-year-old and da-da-da-da-da, man. I promise y'all, I promise. Right after I finished saying that, do you know, do you not know, this dude picked right back up where he left off talking to his son. <laughs> hold on for a second. That's funny. Hold on a second. You echoing, man. I don't know what you're doing with your echoing. But, man, I'm that is crazy. Crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. And and I'm telling you, I ain't making it up. I'm telling you. So guess what I did? <laughs> this is what I did. When he started talking like that again, I turned around, I politely turned around and walked away. And I never had any contact with that parent again for the rest of the school year. I said, okay, I know what I'm dealing with now. So I know it's pointless to bring any situation concerning your child to you. So Rather than stress myself out, I said, I'm just going to let you go ahead on and do your thing, and I'm going to do mine. But needless to say, I didn't have any more any more issues with his son, you know, because that ain't what we're going to do. That's just, I'm from the old school. <laughs> uh, okay, oh, hold on. Oh, we're wrapping up here, man. That was a very good example of young people. Not got no holler for no older people. But uh, we got to wrap up, y'all. That was funny, though, Purcell. Uh, <laughs> but, but folks, again, y'all, we got to get final. We got to get final final words. But, Purcell, I don't know what to tell you uh, about that, that, that right there, man. I'm sure you see. It, but I'm mainly talking about it's it's a shame that they're only 10. I'm talking about folks working age, 18, 20, 25 that I'm running to. Uh, under oh, under yeah. 30, un, under 32, I would say, somewhere around there. But folks, it's serious. I wish, I mean, I'm laughing and all, but it's very, 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 um, it almost caused me a depression. That's how serious it is. There's so many young people I try to help because you, you love them. And when I reach out and try to talk about it, look at the fact you're on a job. They look at the fact of your age. And they're saying, I don't want to be where you at when y'all work. When, when, you know, why should I listen to you? It takes forever. They'll they'll eventually understand what you're saying, but it takes forever you sharing with them every day for months till they understand that prosperity is not just money. There are people that work on jobs that are so much more happier and free in their mind and spirit than people that are wealthy that have folks working for them and they never have to report to their job. Freedom, peace, joy, this is something the Father has to give you. And money is only something that can get you inflated in your ego. Money, just because you got money don't mean you can't have those things. I'm not saying that either. 
you have to submit, kind of like LSU was saying, you know, poverty, people poor, are they look, they're more apt to turn to the Father because of something they came under the understanding in their minds. They're at the bottom in their minds, so they humble themselves in their mind and spirit. Yeah. Sometimes pain, sometimes pain, sometimes pain bring that about. Being humble, being embarrassed and around your friends, you just say, okay, Lord, I give up. And sometimes that giving up, not in life, but just on trying to do things my way, he he requires that. The Bible talks about a, 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 a broken spirit and a, a contrite heart. And so you get to that place a lot of times when you're poor, but you can't get to that place being rich and trying everything as a rich person. Say, so you know what, I've tried everything, I've made all this money, and I'm, I'm empty. So all kind of rich folk go to the altar, too. Don't don't hate on that, y'all. And I just got a message from Blog Talk. Those of you that's listening on the Internet, you clicked on the link to listen to us. You didn't call the phone number. You have to call the phone number now. We're rolling over. We're not wrapping up now. And so at 10 o'clock, we're going to lose you. 10 o'clock Central Standard Time. So call the phone number, 914 205-5590. You now have 30 seconds. 914-205-5590. Again, we thank those of you that um, that have been contributing tonight to the show, um, listening and, and so forth. Uh, and uh, those of you also in the archive. LSU, I think you was trying to get in there, I think. And then uh, let's get some finals, y'all. we got to wrap up the show. So, LSU, go ahead and give okay, us yeah. the last words, please. This will be fine. I'm going to read something, and you're going to think this is probably out of today's newspaper. And everything that you just said, <laughs> this is, is, is crazy. And after hearing this, the people in the audience, if you don't think we're Israel, then who are we? This is Isaiah chapter 3. <clears throat> and I'm beginning in chapter 3, verse 4. And I will give children to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them. And the people shall be oppressed, every one by another, and every one by his neighbor. This child shall behave himself proudly against the ancient, and the base against the honorable. When a man should take hold of his brother of the house of his father, saying, Hey, thou hast clothing, be thou rule over me. That's exactly what these young people today. If you got money, you can rule them. You can govern them. And that day shall he swear, saying, I will not be in healing, for in my house is neither bread nor clothing. Make me not a ruler of the people. Now, verse 12. It's, no, verse, verse, verse 9. The show of thy countenance does witness against them. They declare their sin as Sodom. They hide it not. Oh, I cannot believe this. My... <laughs> Give me real quick. Yeah, my... Ten seconds. No, five seconds. And I'm back up. My computer literally just went to the save, save the screen. And so I pick up here, verse, uh, verse, t- verse 9, verse 10. Say to the righteous that it should be well with him, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. I echo that, that for your benefit, because as you stated many times, and I agree with you, that even though we are here is a, in captivity is a result of the disobedience of us as a people, that even in captivity, if we obey God, obey Yahweh, obey Yahweh, 
he will make it go well with us. And this is what he's speaking of, that in captivity, say to the righteous that it should be well with him, for they should eat the fruit of their doings. Woe unto the wicked, so it should be ill with him, for the reward of his hands shall be given him. And as for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. Oh, my people, they which lead thee. Now, remember, those who lead us. As for my people, children are their oppressors. Women rule over them. Oh, my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy past. As I said, we've got to get back to the book because wow. we have taken on values with the Me Too movement and all these other things that are inconsistent with us as a people who came into existence by the very will of Yahweh of God himself. Now, that was something. And where do you read that again? I mean, I know. I'm just saying. So Isaiah, those people can hear. Isaiah chapter 3. Isaiah's a good one, folks. Um, yeah. But that is your Bible. And that, like he says, if that don't point out we Israel, because we're living that out. And remember Deuteronomy 28, verse 46 says, these things will be upon you forever. Not just cursing, cursing, cursing. You can be blessed as well as a nation. But that was profound, brother. That that literally described what's going on in our homes. LSU, thank you for your contribution tonight, man. Always good to hear from you. Uh, remember, uh, next week, no shows, Sunday, Monday, and Thursday, I'll be with your friend David Cash in Atlanta going up to Philly, Washington, Boston. So uh, just know that, brother, okay? All right. Thanks, Jeff, as always, man. I thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Never take it lightly. Well, I appreciate you, brother. All right, brother. Percent like Porsche, all, uh, all the way up in Cincinnati, go ahead with your uh, final on anything you've heard, please. Uh, wrap it up, please. All right. Well, yeah, this has been a very, very powerful session tonight. Um, and again, like Elishua said, I also appreciate the opportunity and uh, don't take it lightly uh, because it's so enlightening uh, the things that we cover and uh, hopefully I think hopefully our listeners are uh, taking this stuff in and really benefiting from what's being said because I know I just um, and that's not just because I am a one of the co-hosts. That's because um, this is good stuff. This is really good stuff. Yeah, so, amen. Right. But I will I will end by saying um, with this prosperity thing. I want to look at the whole prosperity thing. And one of the Chris, reasons. Hold on, why, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Whatever you're just doing, it's loud. You got a little noise there. Just know that. I'm at work. I'm at work, Seth. I'm trying to. I'm trying to wrap up at work. I understand. Just bear with me if you can. Just bear with me. Uh, all right. Okay, brother. Got you. Got you. Got you. I was supposed to be gone at eleven. Well, ten o'clock your time. Anyway, um, this whole prosperity piece. The major issue with that is the fact that we're not teaching it. We're not teaching prosperity. Neither are we living out the particular scriptures that says that's the way that they'll know you. 
by the love that you show one to another. Um, and it's a travesty that we really just flat out don't take care of one another the way the Bible teaches us to. And uh, one of the things, I'm going to share this, one of the things that I really appreciate about the heart of my pastor is the fact that he said his desire is that everybody that's in uh, connection with him in our membership, we don't, we don't, you know, we're citizens. Our, it's our citizenship for us. We don't deal with that whole membership stuff. Anyway, that's a whole other show. Um, but he said he desires for everyone who is actually connected to him to be homeowners. And he dabbles in real estate. So the plan is, listen to this plan. The plan is to get, to uh, create homeowners in the, in our body. And the way he's, he's doing it, through educating us and providing for us the homes, because he has property to sell himself. Now, the beautiful thing is he's not selling the property to us as a um, profit. He's selling the property at, at his cost. Say, for instance, he got the property for $35,000, and he um, put $20,000 in it. Okay, so okay. Home. He will sell us the house for that $55,000. A house that if he actually decided to sell on the market, he could probably get $200,000 for. But because his heart is for the people, he's willing to get everybody, teach everybody how to be uh, real estate investors. He's connected us with real estate investors. Man, it's so kingdom. You don't see this kind of stuff in the body of Christ. All you see is uh, most of these leaders that have this, what I call, look at me syndrome. Look at me. Look at what I got. You know? And then the people are so shallow. Not everybody. But in large part, this is what's been going on for years, man. In large part, right. people are so shallow. The people are so shallow where they're like, ooh, pastor got, ooh, ooh, pastor's wife. Man, did you see pastor's white shoes? Did you see that coat she had on? And we so, yep. we so shallow that we don't realize, man, they should be, they should be teaching us how to get that too. You know, if that's what you want, you know, but it's not happening. So that's why we have so many issues concerning prosperity in the right. body of Christ. Purcell, you're kind of long-winded. We're just getting the final comments, brother. You're a little long-winded. Okay. It's so, good. It's all good, oh, though. You're okay, preaching okay, all over Okay, okay, Seth. Okay, Seth. Okay, Seth. I ain't been on in a couple of weeks, so I understand. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so... That's kind of my take, man. We just, um, we are the body of Christ. We are Israel. Um, 
Amen. We are the salt of the earth. And if the salt loses its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? You know? Amen. So Amen. God bless you guys, man. I love you, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. And again, Seth, I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate Five Smooth Stones Network. I appreciate all the listeners. Um, it's just been a blessing. Um, yes, so, man. It's been a blessing time. to have you on. Uh, and uh, again, Percy, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to use the opportunity to tell you it's October, they sure remember next week. And I'm saying this to them, but I'm really talking to the listeners. Again, y'all, no shows next week, Sunday, Monday, Thursday, unless I take out my laptop and just some kind of way get the energy to do it, but we're going to be moving too fast, and I doubt if I can do that. But Purcell, notice, like I told Ella Shure, I appreciate your gift as well. I don't take it lightly, just y'all, like y'all don't take the show lightly. I really appreciate y'all, and I hope people hear your heart. You're very, very passionate, and Ella Shure, Definitely, definitely, very passionate what y'all said tonight. You 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 laid it out there. We don't play around with with, with these shows, and because I try to tell people, we're trying to put things out there for sure, things we know for sure that will make people free. And I appreciate you, brother. Just know that. Likewise. All right, folks, we got to wrap up here again. You tune to the Five Six Stone Network. We used to do the three hour shows. We're trying to keep the two hours these days. Uh, so when y'all see us on the net, y'all say, oh, it is only two hours I can listen. So I, I just want to thank uh, all of you that's tuning in and listen, uh, those of you on the phone lines. Uh, some of you didn't have questions, that's good. Uh, if Maybe it's not. I guess it's good. Um sure uh, you feel comfortable with Elishua and uh, Brother Purcell. So I guess y'all understood everything they were sharing. Folks, listen, I, too, love every single one of you. And there's nothing you can do about it. We'll see you on September the 4th when I'll be uh, talking about my book. Look for some changes, though, uh, 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 as when I come back, because I'm thinking about changing Monday day, Monday's programs to the uh, Tuesday, setting it up for Tuesday instead of Monday uh, for a lot of reasons, okay? Back-to-back shows, Sunday, Monday's a bit rough on your brother. So I'm thinking about creating Sunday. Tuesdays and Thursdays, just like that. So, anyway, I don't know yet. So I'm praying about all this. One, one of the things I'll be doing on vacation, be making some changes. Look for some small changes to come uh, uh, when we get back. Okay. Uh, but again, that's why I say follow the show where you'll be getting um, those updates. All right. Again, these shows are dedicated to the Israelites. Those of you scattered out the four corners, are going through some of the. Some horrific things, at least your people is. Hopefully you're not because you're following the, the spirit. But uh, our people going through some of the uh, horrific, some of the most horrific things imaginable, even today. And I just just know you own our hearts, uh, uh, Israel, Jews, in the diaspora. These shows are to you first and foremost, and then to all all people after that. Again, salvation to the Jew first, and then to the Gentiles. So everybody really is uh, welcome on the show. And, uh, of course, we uh, uh, try our best to be loving to everybody. And and, uh, even if you're not a Jew or Israelite, uh, if the Father is speaking, you better know what he is saying because you're going to need it, even if he is speaking to the Israelites. After all, the Bible was pretty much about the Israelites, and you read that, well, the Bible is still being written in 2022 with the lives 
with what's going on with the Israel, with the Jews. The world is supposed to watch them, and this is how you know uh, even the return of the Messiah, certain things to happen to this remnant of Israel that's going to be obedient. So you had better keep an eye on Israel or the Jews in this diaspora. We're talking about African-Americans also included in that, and these shows is to those uh, Jews, African-Americans, and those that scattered out the four corners, those Israelites, a.k.a. Israelite Jews, whatever you want to call them. And um, I hope this show helped mend some hearts out there tonight. We're going to go out with a song Brother LSU was talking about earlier, and it's called On Your Face. It is true that what's on your face, brothers and sisters, the world is looking and learning. So you might as well smile, especially uh, if the Most High is on your side. So don't take this secular song too secular. It's got a very powerful, powerful meaning to it. Um, trying to think if I covered everything again, folks. Please, please don't look for us Sunday. We won't be here. Uh, and don't look for us on Monday uh, or even Thursday because I will be on the road. Um, for some reason, I don't see my song I just uploaded, so probably won't be able to have that song, Brother Ella Shure. So I will say this really quickly before I get out of here. Again, I'm rushing out of here, brothers and sisters. Um I will say this, uh, pray for us as a network, okay, pray for us as a network as we make some changes, pray for us as a network, okay, uh, I try my best to not be misunderstood, but sometimes I am, and uh, I want people to understand my true heart, and uh, sometimes it's just not understood, I really ain't trying to uh, this network is is just a, a vehicle. I'm nobody outside of the Father's uh, grace and mercy and, and identity in Christ. Brother Seth is nobody. I said it. You ain't got to say it. I said it. So, um, but sometimes I'm in, uh, being interpreted as being, you know, bossy or whatever. I just have a high standards for this network, okay, and I want us to operate as though we're like seeing in anybody else. And uh, I sometimes can't get that message out. I'm not. I'm not really good at getting that message out. And I'm being sometimes it's misunderstood. Okay. So just pray for us that we will be we'll be able to work together uh, with the callers, with the listeners, with the co-hosts. Any and everybody has to do with Five Smooth Stone Network, brothers and sisters. When you start talking about doing what's right, um, believe me. Um, it's the enemy's job to paint another picture of you, and I oftentimes get that done. I don't understand it because you can't get more loving, I think, than I am. Uh, so, anyway, I'm going to go out with uh, Jenkins, Mr. Jenkins. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? I've been playing this song to death, haven't I? But our God is awesome. He truly is, and I'm thankful uh, for his uh, love and mercy for us uh, being able to crank out these shows. Uh, so we we are going to take this break, but when we come back, just know we're going to come back even stronger. All right? See you on the 4th of September. Come on, everybody. Let's give God this worship. If you know he's awesome, come on, stand on your feet, everybody. If you know he's awesome, you're in awe of his grace. You're in awe of his goodness. You're in awe of his mercy. You're in awe of his provision. He's great and he's greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. 
Come on, everybody, lift your hands as we lift our voices. Come on, say, my God is awesome. Come on, say, he can move mountains. Keep me in the valley. Come on, say it, hide me from the rain. That's it. My God is awesome. Come on, heals me when I'm broken. Strength where I've been weakened. Forever he'll reign. Come on, you got it. My God is awesome. Come on, say, he can move mountains. Keep me in the valley. Hide me from the rain. Has he ever covered you? Come on, my God is awesome. Heals me when I'm broken. Strength where I've been weakened. Forever he'll reign. One word. Come on, everybody. My God. Come on, somebody lift your voice. He's great. 
Down there, crying. 